This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I did it. I'm recording on a Sunday. Oh, you hear that? That's my little one. She's supposed to be in the shower right now, which is hot outside the door. Hopefully, my wife's going to wrangle her because if she busts in here. She's going to steal the show from me because she's so goddamn funny. Anyway, welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Not much, man. Not much to talk about. Always wanted to do one on Sunday. I feel like it's fresh in my mind, whatever UFC is. Typically, there's UFC on Saturday. It was on Friday this week. So, carved out a little bit of time during my football Sunday. Big NFL fan. Uh, Bengals just, my Bengals. God, ugly, ugly. Um, yeah, it's hard, right? I mean, I'm, I'm predisposed to it. I grew up in the nineties, Bengals fan in the nineties. I've been through the Jeff Blakes. I've been through the Achilles Smiths. I've been through the, uh, Neil McDonald's. I've been through the early two thousands where we hired Marvin and we got Carson had Kitna. I've been through it all, right? So it hurts, but you know, it's, you know, three years now where we haven't made anything, maybe even four where we haven't really done anything. Uh, you know, we started four and one last year, right? And, you know, and then we had that losing streak. It was just, what are we doing? You know what I mean? What are we doing? We're 0 and 7. At this point, all I got to root for is getting Dalton out of there, benching him. We drafted a rookie quarterback in fourth or fifth round, Ryan Finley. Put him in there. Why the fuck not? We're 0 and 7. Put him in there. And uh, and at this point, I don't even want to win a game because we're going to get the first pick in the draft, and we got to get a quarterback, right? Tua, I mean, is that everyone? Everyone's looking at? I know Herbert's a guy a lot of people like. I mean, I know this isn't NFL fo- or this isn't NFL podcast. Like, I probably start a whole podcast of how frustrating with the Bengals, but I've been through it. I'm a Cincinnati fan, man. We're tough. We don't get talked about enough as like one of the. I wouldn't say worst. Well, maybe worst cities. You know, we don't have all the major sports. We only have baseball and, and football. So we don't have, you know, hockey. We don't have basketball or whatever. But, we're, I mean, baseball and football alone, we're, we've had it ripped out of us, man. We've had it we've had it rough. I mean, there's a Cincinnati curse, 100%. I mean, I'm not going to get into it because, again, that's a different podcast for a different time. But Bengals got smashed today by the Jags. Uh, and then um, I usually take a nap and just become like a lazy fucking piece of shit on Sundays. But I didn't do that today. Really nice day out. I kind of got up and, and I mean, I didn't do much, but I didn't nap like I normally do. Uh, I was actually going to start boxing today, but you know, time gets away from us guys. You know, uh, the, the only reason I said that is because literally I'm laying on the couch watching, uh, I was watching the Bengals game and another game, uh, but, 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 but I forget which one it was. And I thought in my head, I was like, man, the Bengals game's over, right? This is after Dalton threw his third interception. I'm like, just go. Go in the garage and box a little bit, man. Move around, get some sweat going. It's a nice day out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And I thought about it. And then it like, my body just was like, no. Like in my mind, I'm like, that'd be really good. Go down there and box a little bit, get, move, get sweat going. You know, I got a shower and all something. My body just laid there like, nah. And I just reminded because I got my boxing gloves here in the office and uh, they're staring right at me going, what, you know, what, what, what the fuck, man? What, what, what the fuck? But, you know, I got to get on it. I got to get on it. I, my diet has been pretty good. Um, and I sweat a lot at work. However, the, my diet is okay. I'm not eating as much as I used to, which is good, but I'm not sweating as much at work. So I gotta, I gotta fill that gap. I gotta get, I gotta get my heart rate up. I gotta get my, uh, my cardio up. I gotta get some sweat outside of work. So 
Boxing's coming. I'm gonna post some videos, guys. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna. Show, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but could Errol Hawani do what I do? You know, when I hit the bag. I mean, could he? Probably not. I mean, I stomp Errol's fucking facing. Could you know any? You know, could Josh Gross do it? You know, could any of these? You know, guys. Did Luke Thomas is a big guy? So what? I'm a big guy too. Could does Luke Thomas have hands? Huh? This is why I don't do Sunday shows. I'm very aggressive right now. But, uh, yeah, we're here Sunday. So, uh, fights were Friday. Awesome fights. I loved them. We'll get into all the fights. I, got, I mean, this whole show is going to basically recap the fights because we get to recap UFC Boston. We'll go pretty much what's next for everybody as well, uh, essentially. Well, what's right next for, like, the, you know, the, the main event because that was, that, was, that was a little rough one to see. Um, before we do that, I believe, what is it here? All right, so two things with, you know, Conor McGregor, biggest, you know, he's a he's a needle, needle mover, right? Uh, and he he he's just a lightning rod. So there's been a lot of Conor talk lately, and I don't want to just keep jumping on the Conor train. And be like, oh, let me just always talk about Conor. I love Conor, but um, so he's so first things first. Dana White came out i believe the day before he did an interview the day before ufc boston or maybe yeah the like for the media for the boston event and said there's no way connor and frankie are fighting frankie's two weight classes below him that makes no sense it's not going to happen when connor just basically him and frankie had a little twitter exchange a couple days before like hey see you in december white you know this is what connor said hey white get the deal done where blah 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 danny came out and said no he's not but dana also came out and said connor mcgregor's not the man anymore Khabib's the man. I'm assuming he meant just champion wise, because I seriously doubt Khabib's doing the numbers Connor's doing. Um, I think Khabib's a huge star. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Khabib is is definitely a big star, but I seriously doubt he's doing the numbers Connor's doing. I think Dana meant that as as the champion, because Connor technically never really lost any of his belts, and then he lost to Khabib, so he did lose his belt and. Maybe that's what Dana was, was talking about. Connor got very upset. So Connor tweeted out, who's not the man? Your man had that marquee event, did he? Question mark. More like an event in a marquee. A tent in the fucking sand it was. Keep spoofing to yourself, horse. Jockstrap sniffer championships. So, <clears throat> obviously I understand English. Uh, I don't understand Irish, but... I understand everything except keep spoofing to yourself, horse. I don't know what that means. And then Jock Snap Sniffer Championships. I mean, he's called Khabib a Jock Snap, you know, Jock Sniffer because of uh, you know, the way he fights with the wrestling and stuff. Then his next tweet was in Russian at Team Khabib. And then his very next tweet after that, his last tweet was a day ago, is a picture of him. It's weird. It's it's not a cell phone picture. So he took a picture with his cell phone of a picture. And it looks like it's like he's trying to get like Russian citizenship. Like I've zoomed in on it. It's in English. He's obviously not in Russia. So I'm thinking he's in Ireland trying to go to Russia. I don't know what it is. I retweeted and said, what is happening? I don't know. So Connor is, you know, and then obviously, you know, I didn't, you know, <clears throat> facts aren't out there boys i'm not you know whatever there's a there's an alleged sexual assault a second one that has came out against him he just went to court last week or the week before with punching the old man in court he had a sexual assault last year and uh he claimed that it was a friend of his or part of his entourage 
And then apparently I, I saw this on uh, Ben Askren retweeted this on Twitter last week, uh, an Ireland thing. It said a, a, an Irish star, uh, sports star is was seen grabbing a girl while she was screaming and he like get got her in her car in his car or whatever. And then she, he let her go or whatever like that. They didn't name the name. A lot of rumors online. Then Charlie Ward, who is a former UFC fighter, uh, an Irish, I guess, goon with Connor. Um, he came out and said it was me. And he kind of explained the situation saying, I didn't know, you know, the manager was making a big deal. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know the exact quote today though, or yesterday, they finally, the, the same article finally named that Connor is, or was the sports alleged sports star that did it. And so, um, they haven't arrested him. They haven't done any investigation whenever they have just named him in the press. I don't know how that works, right? So if the press knows who did the sexual assault, how come, and Ireland's different than America, but if the press knows, they're getting their, their information probably from the cops or something like that. They probably, you know, they got an insider or whatever. How come the cops aren't arresting him or at least bringing him in questioning? He hasn't done any of that. They haven't done any of that, I mean. So I don't know. Listen, this is tough because I'm very anti- and everyone should be. It's not just me. Everyone should be anti-sexual assault. But in today's age, you got to kind of, <clears throat> it's a very sensitive issue, right? This could ruin Conor McGregor, right? And if he did it, he should be ruined, right? There's no excuse for that. However, there's a lot of stones being thrown at Conor right now. We'll see how they fold. Charlie Warder came out and said it was him. So I don't know. Who knows? Um, I don't know what it is, right? I don't, I'll talk more about it when I know more about it. You know what I mean? That's a pretty good saying. I'll talk more about it when I know more about it. Huh? All right. So that's, that's the only little tidbit I want to do before we recap Boston. Cause Boston is going to be, uh, Boston's going to be kind of a, a deep one. This, this, uh, this podcast is probably gonna be the only one this week. I'm thinking about doing something a little different. So there's a Philippines card Saturday, Saturday morning, Ben Ashkin, Damian, my main event. Awesome main event. I love that main event. I'm very interested in that main event. I'm going to break down that fight at the end of this uh, podcast, but I don't know if I'm going to do a full pick them for that. I'm going to send out my picks. Like I'll do, I'll take a picture of my picks or I'll send them out. I'll tweet them out. Don't know if I'm going to do a full podcast with that. However, I am going to do a video that I didn't do last week. I'm going to do a video of, of the main event because that's the fight everyone cares about. I'm going to release that probably like Friday. Um, I might do one other fight because there's another fight on there that I, I really like as well. Um, don't know yet, but definitely Maya Askren put out the video on Friday instead of doing a podcast. So this will be the only podcast this week. I'm going to recap Boston. We're just going to kind of go, we're just going to, you know, be loose with it. Right. You know, everyone hates, you know, overproduced stuff. Let's just be loose, man. All right. So UFC Boston was Friday. Very excited. Went after work, <clears throat> drove down there, drove down the sports book after work. And I listened to the podcast back. And I was very, I woke up Friday and I've been thinking about it all day because I needed winners, right? And I, I couldn't take another losing weekend. So I woke up Friday, went, out, went to work, was thinking about it all Friday, listened to the podcast on our drive to the, the casino, just kind of skimmed through it, see who I picked, remembered who I picked, all that stuff. And typically I don't listen to the podcast back. However, the one fight that really bugged me was I picked Manny Bermudez. I'm like, why the fuck did I pick Manny Bermudez? He missed weight, which obviously I didn't know when I recorded, but I'm like, man. Charla Rosa is going to be a tough matchup for Bermudez. First time at 145, he missed weight, which to me tells me he's either hurt or he's not in the best of shape. He slowed down in his last fight. He's good to slow down in this fight. Rosa's got a good gas tank. He's got good cardio. He's got good grappling. Striking's okay. And I go, 
I'm going to go Rosa's the under here. I just, it was like, it was like a lightning bolt that hit me. Good thing I did. Cause I hit big on that. We'll go over the fights. We'll get to that fight a little bit, but uh, yeah, I went six and five on the card. Um, there was, you know, I have a question mark cause there was, uh, 13 fights, Greg Hardy. I picked Greg Hardy, or I did not pick Greg Hardy when, excuse me. Um, but that went to a no contest because it, we'll, we'll obviously get to that fuck too. Um, so that, that wipes that out. And then I didn't know what to put for Bermudez fight because I picked Bermudez. I tweeted out. I was taking Rosa. I took Rosa. I won money off Rosa. So I don't know what I should put for my official standings. I want to be up up to date, up the board, up to par with you guys. I want to keep track of this shit. So after the podcast, after we discuss it, maybe I'll decide what we do. But the first fight night, Daniel Spitz versus uh, Tanner Bozer. The Dozer Bozer. Uh, this is, I mean, a Canadian Roy Nelson. I mean, he looked like a younger, trimmer uh, Roy Nelson, right? I mean, that's, I mean, like, and they just throw this little tidbit out. Like, oh, yeah, he's a bouncer at a strip club that just burnt down because of arson in August. And uh, round one, what? Let's not just skim over the fact this guy was a bouncer that, uh, you know, got uh, a bur- uh, bouncer at a strip club that the fucking place got burned down because of arson. How does that happen? You get a bad hand job by one of the strippers and you're like, oh, fuck this place. She didn't make me come. Boom, burn it down. Like what, what would make you burn a strip club down? Or was it a stripper who was like, you know, they're not giving me enough money. I'm showing my titties and my ass out there. They're not giving me enough money. I need to, I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. Crazy. We need to talk more about that. I'm going to DM Tanner Bozier right now. Maybe not right now, but when I get off here and see if he wants to come on the podcast, because Listen, great fight. You look good, but I want to know more about this goddamn strip club burning down. Uh, Spitz has never really impressed me, though, in this fight. This fight kind of went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Bozier moves really well. He throws good kicks. He's hard to hit. Spitz is kind of flat-footed, planning forward. Um, you know, he took some big shots from Bozier. Bozier doesn't have the biggest power, which concerns me moving up in heavyweight. Uh, the further he goes, he's going to be fighting guys with real deal power, so that kind of bothers me a little bit, but he does move really well. Um, hopefully he develops some power. I mean, you can train some punching power. I mean, Michael Bisming later in his career had a great left hook. I mean, before that, he never was like a super one punch knockout guy. Um, so knockout power can come. Um, how old is Bozier? I don't think, I don't even know how old he is. Doesn't say in my paper. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, the fight, I got this fight right. I did not bet this fight. Uh, I was tempted to bet this. I walked away from it. And I didn't lay it. I was a little, little hesitant, a little nervous, a little gun shy. But Bozier looked exactly how I thought he looked. I mean, Spitz is, again, big guy, has a good story, played college football. He's 300-something pounds. Looked shredded, looked in great shape, but he just doesn't have the skills, right? He's long, but he doesn't really use his length. Um, He got his leg chewed up, which is going to be a big problem for him because he didn't check any of those kicks. And, uh, you know, got his body beaten up a little bit. I mean, he's he's a headhunter. Spitz didn't mix it up well. He threw a couple kicks, but they weren't great. There were some head kicks and very few body kicks. But uh, with that that length that he's got on most guys, I mean, he really needs to be pumping the jab out there and really throwing some kicks and be very active. And he's more, I'm going to walk you down, plotting kind of guy. And uh, that really doesn't suit his game for his frame. But, uh, yeah, Bozier won. And, you know, I got my own Bozier. I think he moves really well for the heavyweight division. I think he's going to have a problem with some wrestlers, guys that get in there, get grimy with them. I think he does have decent takedown defense and decent grappling. But I think he's gonna have a little bit of issue with the with the bigger, stronger names at heavyweight because he's a little undersized. I mean, he's two fifty, six two. I'm not gonna advocate him cutting weight or whatever because Stipe is not that big of a heavyweight. Stipe six four, leaned out. Um, I don't mind the weight issue. He's a little shorter and he and he's kind of thick for 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 that. But I mean, 
I don't know. I think his size might be, be an issue at this heavyweight division uh, once he fights some real, real dudes. All right, next up, you got Kevin Holland versus Brendan Allen. I uh, got this fight wrong. Did not bet this fight. Um, I got a hot tip on Twitter. And I heard Ian Parker say this on the uh, Anna Conforming podcast, but I got a hot tip on Twitter. Kevin Holland lock. Kevin Holland's going to destroy him or whatever. Let me read the tweet, actually. It wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, they, I don't follow, they don't follow me and, uh, I don't follow them. So it was really weird. Yeah. Kevin Holland lock bet it. That was, that was pretty much it. And it was a guy MMA buff at MMA buff. So at MMA buff, you're, uh, you're pretty cool, bro. Um, but if you're going to tweet at me and you know that I, I place bets, Follow me? Huh? Let's get the followers up, guy. Uh, I did not bet it, though. I I, I like Kevin Holland in this fight. I bet I didn't bet Kevin Holland. I picked Kevin Holland. Brendan Allen's a guy I think is kind of one-dimensional. He has one way to win. I know he comes from LFA. He's got a lot of losses in LFA, but he's fought some of the real tough dudes. I thought Kevin Holland's going to be okay on the ground. I thought striking was where he obviously needed to win. DC brought up a great point that Kevin Holland striking is good. He's got some crazy kicks and stuff, but he always lets people back him against the fence and take him down. He's not doing anything to let make these people know that if you keep walking me down, you're going to get fucking hit with something. He, they just kept walking down and Brendan Allen's a guy who I don't think is an elite wrestler grappler. I think he's pretty good on the ground. I think he's got a good rear naked choke, but he's not super elite. And then on the first round, they scrambled on the ground pretty well. Kevin Holland is a little better than people think on the ground. Um, not his strong suit, though. I think I like to see him on the outside kicking and moving instead of backing straight up on the fence. And then the third round or second round, excuse me, uh, Kevin just gassed and Brendan just, you know, again, got in a bad position and, and, and choked him out. Uh, it, you know, really dumb performance by Kevin Holland. I have no idea what he was doing. Comes from a good camp. I know he's kind of a weird guy. But what are you doing, man? Listen, fight IQ is like an all-time low right now, right? Kevin Holland, Jim Crew, like what are, T- Trevor Giles, what are these guys doing? The only way your opponent can win is on the ground and you go to the ground. And it's not one of those like big dick swinging competitions where you're like, who thinks you could beat him on the ground? I'm going to show him I'm better. No. What are you doing? If you want to fucking prove that you're better then knock him out standing up, implement your game. You know what I mean? It's like it's this weird thing where these guys go, oh, this guy's going on the ground. He's got fucking six wins by rear naked choke. He's not going to rear naked choke me. Watch. And you get rear naked choked. It's like, what are you doing? I just, uh, the fight IQ is an all-time low right now. Brandon Allen, again, has fought some good guys. He kind of called out some of his losses. He won Eric Anders back. He won a few of those other guys back. Uh, listen, comes from the contender series. He's a finisher. Uh, you know, props to him. Uh, good good, good, uh, good victory for him. Glad I didn't take Kevin Holland, though. I'm glad I didn't take uh, that hot tip. Next up, Sean Brady versus Court McGee. I got this fight right. I almost pinpointed this fight exactly how it was going to go. Sean Brady... Um, it was a closer fight, I think, than people expect. Court McGee is just a fucking Terminator, man. He's just going to come forward. He doesn't slow down. He walks through punches. He's not the greatest at any, anything. Decent grappler, right? Okay submissions. He, I don't think he has a finish in the UFC. If I, I don't think he does. But he's a grinder, right? Brady, kind of a muscly dude, uh, bricked up a little bit. Typically, those guys slow down. First, first. Round was great for Brady. He was throwing good combinations. That's what you got to do. You got to throw some combinations. You got to hit hit court. He dropped court a few times. Second round was the same thing. But at the end of the second round, I saw Brady sucking wind a little bit. And I go, 
man, this third round's going to be tough. Hopefully he survives. I did not bet this fight because Brady was a little high for me. Third round, court started turning on. Court's not even breathing heavy. Took all those shots, and Brady Brady hung in there for his credit. You know, he didn't completely gas and give up the fight and, and lose the fight. You know, he, 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 you know, sat down on his punches and was, and was trying to get court out of there, but just court's just so fucking tough. And I said on the pick podcast, I'm worried about that third round with Brady. I think Brady could win one and two. I don't think it's going to go to a finish. Um, and Brady fucking, and Brady hung on to that third round, but if that was a five round fight, court wins. You know what I mean? I want to see court McGee in a five round fight. It won't be the most exciting fight, but does that guy ever get tired? You know what I mean? It's crazy. But uh, Sean Brady's a guy, I, you know, I've heard a lot about him. He's undefeated, comes out of Philly. He's got a lot of backing with with the, I think he goes to Jersey with the Eggers and, 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 and uh, Eddie Alvarez loves him and stuff like that. But, you know, I I have to, I mean, this is a really tough first opponent for him. No one looks good fighting Court McGee. I mean, no one looks good fighting Court McGee. So maybe give him, we'll see. I'm going to evaluate him his next fight, right? UFC debut, he got his debut pushed back. He said it was a medical reason, I think, is what he said on the on the thing, on the post-fight, excuse me. You know, a lot of rumors was USADA stuff. I don't really know. Um, but his his debut got pushed back. So I want to see him against a guy uh, that maybe will bring the best out of him and won't be so as awkward as Corp. But it was a really good debut win for Sean Brady. I mean, I like this kid at 170. Uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how far he can go because I think he's pretty well-rounded too. Uh, next up, you had Kyle Bogniak versus Sean Woodson. I got to tell you, I picked Bognak. I bet Bognak. I lost this fight. It was the first fight. I had money in the game on the night. I lost. Um, Sean Woodson impressed the shit out of me, okay? Sean Woodson looked very pedestrian on the contender series. Terrence McKinney took him down that first round and just beat him up the whole time. Sean Woodson didn't look like he had much of an answer off his back. He looked durable. He looked tough. He, he looked he looked confident, cool, calm, and collected. Second round, obviously, you need him, knocked him out. Bognak's a guy who... Pressure, 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 go for some takedowns, pressure, 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 throw punches, whatever. Sean Woodson looks so good, looks so fluid. He was throwing that uppercut, that knee, landed anything he wanted on, on Bogniak. And Bogniak, that, you know, that's a, that's the type of how Kevin Holland should fight, right? Is Bogniak's pressuring Woodson and Woodson's bouncing back and forth and throwing combinations really fluid. Kevin Holland doesn't do that. Kevin Holland just back straight up, you know, just gives up the takedown. Woodson fought takedowns off. I think he technically maybe only gave up one or two, but he popped right back up. Bognak had no top control. Um, that's what I thought this fight was going to go. I didn't pick Woodson because I thought Bognak would get the legs, get on top. I didn't like Woodson on the contender series, but it looks like he stepped up his, uh, he's so long for that division. It looks like he stepped up his takedown defense as well. Um, Bognak obviously isn't a, a, an elite wrestler. He wasn't finishing right. DC was pointing that out on the commentary, but uh, you know, Woodson looks so good. The sky's the limit for this kid. I really like this kid's length at 145. As long as he can keep consistently making weight, those knees and those punches he have, it could be a problem. He's hard to hit. He took a couple shots by Bognak because Bognak was just marching forward like a fucking, I don't even know. I wasn't going to say Terminator, but I've already said Terminator. I can't repeat myself already. He's just marching forward like a fucking zombie. Nailed it. Um, but it, it was, I'm really impressed by Woodson. I'm really, I was bummed I lost that fight because I wanted to get off the night on a good start, a good foot. You know, I, you know, and I took Bogniak. He was a small, small favorite there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I got him at like a minus 135. I'm like, okay, a little safe bet here. You know, minus 135 is not too high. And I think he can probably outgrapple Woodson. 
Woodson really, really performance of the night right there. He's at least in my top three. Woodson looked fantastic. And uh, he's got a good camp there out of with James Krause and all those guys in Kansas City. They produce a lot of talent out of there that I think gets overlooked a little bit. I don't think they uh, should get overlooked because they're really good. All right, next up you had Randy Costa versus Boston Salmon. I had Boston Salmon. I was on the wrong end of this. Did not bet it, though. I really like Costa as the underdog. I couldn't pull the trigger because I haven't seen enough of him. Boston Salmon's a really good boxer, at least that's what he's hyped up to be. Randy Costa hits really hard. He doesn't have the, the, the cleanest technique, I don't think, but he's pretty long for the division, and he hits really hard. Boston Salmon was overextending himself. Some of those shots, because he comes from a boxing background, a lot of his defenses, they don't work with the smallest gloves. They get through, and his chin is a little suspect at this point. I was hoping Boston would mix it up. I think Randy Costa might have a little problem on the ground. I don't know if he's... He got finished by Brandon Davis by Brunick and Choke his UFC debut in the second round, but I don't know if he's insufficient on the ground or if that was just, you know, he gassed a little bit in that fight. I want to see Boston kind of mix up his game a little bit, but he went out there striking with Costa. Costa landed some big punches and finished him early. It was a great knockout. Big, big ovation for the for the hometown kid. Um, great performance by Costa, right? I mean, I think Boston does have a lot of talent but costa man he really jumped off the page really jumped off the screen uh, i like his power i like his toughness um comes out of that lozon camp which lozon looked great which we'll get to um so hopefully he's got some good submissions because lozon is a killer on the ground he goes for it man uh yeah you know i'm, I'm gonna keep my eye on costa i like costa a lot i i, I want to see a little bit more of his game because brandon davis First round was a striking war he looked great he got caught a lot but he looked great second round he got gas got choked out this fight Kind of a shorter fight. Beat a really high prospect in Boston who I picked, which I got wrong. Um, but Costa, Costa looked good. He looked like the real deal. I'm, uh, whew, I'm excited to see this kid, man. In that competitive vision, too. Good-looking kid, too. My wife watched the fight. My wife's like, ooh, ooh, who's this guy? It's like, oh, it's Randy Costa. I said, we saw him fight in Atlanta. She goes, really? He was in Atlanta? Huh, I didn't. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, leave. Leave the room now. You're soaking the couch. Beat it. Little, little drinky poo there. All right, next up, we have Molly McCann versus Diana. They have her name here, but it was something else on the uh, on the broadcast. I mean, these Romanian people. I mean, I don't know if this is her last name or what they said on the broadcast. Um, not much to say here. Molly McCann looked great. She looked uh, dominant. Diana is is tough as I come. Molly marches forward. You know, doesn't stop. She came out and said, "I don't hit the hardest, but I'm not fucking stopping." I love that. I love that quote. She looked good. She was in some dangers. Diana is a good striker, had some decent takedown offense. But, you know, once Molly got going, it was it was a downfall from there. I obviously didn't touch this fight because it was a minus 600. But uh, Molly did what Molly was doing. She looked, I mean, early on, it was a little, Molly had to get her footing for a little bit. Um, but uh, minus 600 to me is still absolutely fucking crazy. But Molly did look great. I think there's the sky's the limit for her in this division. I think, what is she, a flyweight, right? Yeah. She's she's gonna be tough. She's gonna be tough to beat in flyweight because she's so tough and uh, does have some pretty good skills. I think her one her one flaw is is getting taken down. I think if she cleans that up, I think she'll be tough to beat because she's tough. She's fucking durable. She has great cardio. Her stand up is coming along, and and I think she's good on top. Not great off her back, but she's good on top. So uh, the flyweight's really need to work, look out for meatball. She throws those meatballs, baby. Good win by Molly McCann. All right, Manny Bermudez versus Charles Rosa. We talked about this a little bit. I'm going to give myself a win here. So I went seven and five. I'm sorry to do it. I tweeted out. I think I, I think I have a little bit of a grace period 
to uh, tweet out the picks. I changed my mind, and it's official. I, I, that's binding. I wrote it down. It's official. I have permanent marker. Can't go back. Um, no, I mean, I tweeted it out, and I, I woke up. You know, I said I woke up feeling dangerous. I hate quoting Baker Mayfield um, being a Bengals fan, but I love that quote, and I did. I woke up going, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put a unit on Rosa. I feel like he's been out for two years. He's fighting guys 14-1. Theoretically, he probably should have been a bitter, bigger underdog. I actually got him at minus, or excuse me, plus one thirty-five. I think he closed, or some books had him at plus one fifty-five. So I, I, I could have won a little bit more money there, but I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I put a union on him. I said, "Fuck it, let's go it." Boom. The only thing about it, single bet. Boom. Put him in there. I almost put him in a parlay. I almost was like, "Yeah, you know, I think he's gonna win." Let me, let me put him with like. You know, like uh, who who was it? Like uh, Deron Wynn or somebody like that. Let me put him with someone I know is gonna win. And I go, nope, Brian, you're a straight wager guy, straight wager guy. And I figured out, I've been in the sports book a handful of times now. Each time I've went, I've used a different kiosk. One time I went up to the the actual teller, I used one kiosk, I used the other kiosk, and I used this is the same. This is the kiosk that I used this time. I've used twice already. Once with the Dom Madge bet when I when I put three units on Dom Madge and one. And now this time. So I don't care if there's a line out the door for that one kiosk and all the other ones are open. That's my lucky dog, okay? I'm a little superstitious. I'm going with that one. To the fight, though, Rosa came out kind of weird, right? I thought his striking was going to be a little bit better. Manny came out aggressive. Probably he wanted the wanted the fight finished quickly because of uh, the fact that he probably didn't have the best cardio for this, you know. Rosa's never lost in Boston. He's 3-0 in Boston, 0-3 other places. Um, I was a little worried because he's been out for two years. Manny came on strong, took the fight to the ground. Rosa was throwing up some weird arm bars. Wasn't sure what he was doing. Manny, like it was, it, there was no leverage. He wasn't really turning his hips. He was just kind of using his legs to kind of defend himself. He did take some big punches off the bottom by Bermudez. And then they were against the fence. And then like maybe like a minute in, like also like even the announcers were like, I'm not really sure what he's going for here. I think he needs to get up. And then he locked up an arm and, and I guess Manny tapped and he yelled tap or whatever. And it was over. It was kind of like shocked everybody. And I went, Whoa, I'm at fucking scream. Cause I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, he's getting his head pounding on the fucking fence. All I'm thinking is Rosa. Obviously he's a tough dude. He's getting his head pounded. Maybe he's just going to let, let Manny tire him out. I didn't think he's a snatch an arm bar because when he was throwing his legs up again, there was no, he didn't turn his hips or anything. It was just kind of throwing them up. And as and Manny was very arrogant, and cocky, just kind of letting him give his arm. But he wasn't willing to pass. Like he was happy to stay in the guard. Typically, when guys go for an arm, they shake it off and they go to side control, mount, whatever. Manny was happy to stay in the guard and just let him tease with the arm. And he got fucking snatched up and eh, elbow popped and everything. It looked like Manny grabbed his elbow. Uh, good for win for Charles Rosa. I I like the post fight. I didn't like the he interviewed with the, with the media afterwards and he's calling for, like he wants to win a championship and stuff. Like, that's cool and everything, man, but, I mean, let's get, like, a couple wins here. Let's get, like, two or three wins, and then we can start calling for championships, you know. I know everybody wants to fight for the title. Everyone wants to get paid, but you've been two years off. You're not a needle mover, and this is your biggest signature win. Get another one, another one, and then we're talking, okay? I mean, you're in a very competitive division, but let's get a couple more wins before we start sprouting off. Okay, so the fight that I did not want to talk about, Jerron Wynn versus uh, Darian Stewart. Darian Stewart. I keep saying Darian. Darren Stewart, I think. Drawn win. Um, all right, let's see. Let me let me take a drink here. Buckle in, okay? Buckle up. Should I yell or should I? Okay. Okay, here we go. How the fuck does Dewan win lose that fight? 
how does he lose that fight? I had a one. I had how do you say this? One point five units on Duran Wynn. He was. I was gonna do a video picking Duran Wynn, giving the pick to the universe. I gave the pick to a guy I work with. I've given him two losers so far. I gave Max Griffin and Duran Wynn. I look like an idiot. How does he lose that fight? Oh, me personally, being unbiased, I thought he won that fight. If you go to the verdict, verdict app, if you have never done that, people score on the verdict app, people predict fights and stuff like that. Verdict had him winning by a small margin. I had him winning. A lot of people are very mixed. A lot of people on Twitter that I follow were, were 50-50. It was right down the middle. I can't call it a robbery because it was a very close fight. Deron Wynn clearly won one round one. Round two, I give to Stewart. Round three, I got to give it to Wynn for the second half takedowns because he lifted and took down uh, Darian a bunch. Lane has some good right hands. I think he won one and three. Second was close. Um, some people will call it a draw, which it was a very close fight. I was very upset night of my, I was rubbing my wife's back. My daughter was playing with fucking her toys. A million, they're all spread out in the living room. And I jumped up when they announced the split decision and I fucking screamed. I got so mad. I don't love cussing in front of my daughter, but I'm not perfect. I do it, unfortunately. And I just, ah, I mean, I just, I was, my body got hot and sweat and I'm hot right now talking about it. I'm fucking burning up. How does he lose that fight, right? Just on paper. Darren Stewart has had bad cardio. He was fresh as a fucking daisy at the end of the third round. Darren Stewart has had bad takedown defense. Edmund Shabazian gra- outgrappled him. Darren Duran wins the best wrestler he's probably ever fought. He stopped a lot of takedown offenses. Duran Wynn came under came overweight. If you're 5'5, five five, you cannot under any circumstances miss 185. You can't. That's crazy. He came in at 188. He gassed in the third round, but he got a second wind and landed some big overhand rights, kept Darren, uh, Darren flat-footed, landed some big shots. He exchanged and then took him down, lifted and slammed a few times. I, you know, first round was all drawn win. He, he took him down, he out, he grappled him. He out-wrestled him the entire time. Darren had a pretty good second round, but Darren never knocked him out. He rocked him at the end of the second round, but he never knocked him down. He never like 10 8 him. He never put anything on him. Again, very close fight. I just don't know how you give that to Darren Stewart. I don't know how you do it. I, I like Darren Stewart, right? I think he, you know, I think he was a good underdog play. A lot of people picked him as an underdog play. That's good for you. I was very confident in drawing win. Devastated he lost, right? Sure, I lost money. I could have won money. That sucks, right? I gave that pick out to a guy at work, a buddy of mine at work who knows nothing about MMA. Two weeks in a row, I've given him losers. Now I'm the loser. Almost did a video for the loyal listeners, followers, whoever, put my stupid face out there and guaranteed a Duran win victory. I picked him on the show. Thankfully, I didn't have enough time to do a video last week or I would have been devastated. But I... That's back-to-back. I had Max Griffin, I gave you. I thought he won that fight. Duran Wynn, I thought he won that fight. I'm up against it on these decisions. So I'm going to need a decision to go my way and soon. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I thought Darian looked great. I thought he looked 
better than he ever has. I mean, he took his shirt off and had that fucking London accent. Oh, come on, boy. I mean, I can't do it angrily, but uh, he looked good. Yeah, he looked good. I thought he lost, but, you know, that's a tough matchup for him, and he looked great. Showed a great trend. Deron Wynn landed some big right hands on him. He fucking ate him. Uh, if Darian really cleaned up his cardio and takedown offense, like, you know, he proved he did, he's going to be a problem at 185. He's a legit dude at 185. I would love to see, uh, you know, a matchup with maybe like, um, like if Darren Till loses to Kelvin, I think that'd be a perfect Darren Till fight in London. Uh, I, I mean, I know Darren Stewart's not like highly ranked, but man, listen, this kid's a solid dude. If he cleaned up those things that he missed and Jerron Wing kind of tweeted out, said, Hey, listen, sorry, I let everyone down. I really need to take a step back and reevaluate things. I think obviously some things are going on in his life. Well, their injuries or if he's taking it seriously or not with the miss weight, and then two performances now where he's gassed out. You know, that's that's very unlike AKA. A lot of their fighters don't gas a lot. You know, they they're they're a good training camp. And he's a DC guy. DC commentated, which I thought was weird. Um, but he's a DC guy, and, and I know DC takes pride in that. They're like, you know, they're assistant coaches for a bunch of kids. You gotta set an example, and with you gassing and missing weight, those are two bad examples. Uh hopefully Dron cleans it up because I think he's an interesting guy at that division. He's got good wrestling and he's five five. I mean, he's just little spark plug. It's so weird. All right, next up, Macy Barber versus Gillian. Jillian, I don't know which one it is. Robertson. Uh, Macy Barber look awesome. She She's a bad bitch. She is. She's a killer. Oh, God damn. Excuse me. I just ate before I came on here. Meatball sub. What's up? Macy Barber's a killer, though. She has got heavy hands. She's aggressive. She doesn't give a fuck. Uh, she pieced up Jillian Robertson. And Jillian is a tough girl. No mistake about it. Macy called out Paige and Sant. Paige will never take that fight, right? Paige is an Instagram model now. I've turned on Paige, right? I think Paige is hot, but I've turned on her. I, I can't follow her Instagram stories where she's hawking CBD oil and, and different kind of foods and shit. And I know she's going to pay a lot of money because she's fucking pretty and she's got fucking fake boobies now and stuff, but she fights Macy Barber, she gets fucked up. Macy Barber will fuck up Paige Van Sant. Macy looked great, right? Young girl, confident. Uh, I think, you know, listen, her, she, yeah, she's 125, right? I mean, is she going to fight Shevchenko and beat her? I don't know, but she's aggressive enough to go after. She's not going to be afraid of Shevchenko. She'll go right after Shevchenko. I don't think she has a full enough game to beat Shevchenko. Shevchenko's good everywhere. But man, Macy's a bad bitch, dude. She fucking cracks. She's aggressive. She don't care. She'll come right after you. That's two back-to-back wins now. Back-to-back finishes over really tough girls. J.J. Aldridge, last fight, never been finished. Macy finishes. Jillian Robertson on a fucking tear. Finishes her in the first round. Macy's, she's legit. She wrote eight no on her gloves before the fight. Just a confident bad bitch. Woo! Woo! Ashley Schaefer, BMW. Woo! I tell you what, I like it. I like this Macy girl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on her. I didn't bet on this fight. I got this fight right. Excuse me. I picked Macy. I did not bet on her. A buddy of mine uh, bet on her. One, however, he had a he had Wyman in the parlay, so he didn't win the money. But uh, I like Macy a lot. I should have bet on this fight. She was really low. Minus 125 favorite, which is crazy low. They're give, Vegas was giving a lot of respect to Jillian Roberts because she is a very she's stud she's a stud fighter, but uh, Macy whew, proved a lot proved a lot this fight. All right, next up you have Joe Lozon versus John the Pierce. Love this fight. I picked Joe because I love Lozon. Dominated, looked great in the best physical shape I've ever seen him. Eighteen months off. I my buddy my buddy was like I was gonna take Lozon, but I think Lozon ha- has been right, and I can understand why that his, his performance haven't been great his last time out, whatever. But I'm, I bet Lozon because I don't love Pierce. I don't think Pierce is all that great, right? 
Pierce came out very arrogant with his hands down. Joe cracked him, hurt him a couple times, slammed him down, and got him in that weird arm position that Brock had Frank in. Pounded his fucking face and got a finish. Crowd went crazy. Lozon almost cried. He said he doesn't know if he's done yet. He might be done. I don't know. I think if he's going to retire, he should have been like, I'm done. I mean, how can you top that? Going out in TD Garden like that? Maybe one more shot in TD Garden because they go to Boston at least once a year. I don't know. But it was awesome. Um, I did not bet this fight. I, I only took one underdog and I ended up taking Rosa. Um, but this was awesome. I wish I bet it because I'm a big Lozon guy. I've, I've, I've been with Joe since... Day one, Jen's Jen's Pulver's day. I've, I actually saw Joe Joe fight Jorge Masvidal and Bodog or something and got head kicked, knocked out before he went into the UFC. So Joe's been around. Joe's an OG. Joe's been around for a long, long time, and uh, I've always fascinated with Joe. You know, he doesn't look like a fighter, and uh, he's a killer. He's a fucking beast in there, and uh, yeah, he smashed Jonathan Pierce. So uh, great performance. So that was a feel good moment in that. I love that performance by Joe. All right, so Inhaler Gate, Greg Hardy versus Ben Sassoli. So you didn't miss much of a fight if you haven't seen this fight. I picked Ben Sassoli because I'll never pick Greg Hardy. Um, Greg Hardy won a unanimous decision, but it got overturned to a no contest because in between rounds two and three, he took an inhaler. A lot of fucking doctors on Twitter, a lot of fucking experts on Twitter saying, oh, you guys don't know you're talking about it. Inhaler's not oxygen, blah, blah, blah. Well, neither is fucking Gatorade, pal. Gatorade's not oxygen, but some states will only allow you to have water. Right? You don't think the UFC is going to put body armor in the corner for all these fighters and then in between rounds, them chugging a body armor, giving a thumbs up for extra sponsorship? No, the commission sets the rules. You can only have water. Some states allow you to have Gatorade and whatnot, but it's only water in a sealed bottle or whatever the fuck. I don't know. So it's not the problem isn't that he's trying to get oxygen or whatever, and it's USADA improved. The problem is you can't do it in between rounds. Everyone fucking knows that. And then you got that, uh, what's his name? Let me find him on Twitter here. I'm on the wrong Twitter. What, what, uh, buh, 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 buh. let's see here. Where is he? He's the manager, probably of Greg Hardy. Yeah, Kawa. Um, what is it? Maki Kawa. Okay. So Maki Kawa, who's Abe Kawa's brother, they manage, they manage Masvidal, they manage a lot of people, right? He's been on a Twitter going crazy on Twitter going, if you don't get the facts from me, they're not true, right? So he's attacking everybody who's writing articles about Greg Hardy, which I'm assuming is his client. He said, another badly written article, mass AC rules don't say a lot of what you're mentioning. Okay, so he's referencing this article BJ Penn wrote, or not BJ Penn himself, BJ Penn.com wrote about how it's illegal to use that. So Makikawa, stick to dollars and cents because when Mark Ratner gets on the mic and he says it's 100% illegal that's it. That Who would know more about that guy? That guy's done so much in UFC. Who's done more for the sport and regulation than Mark Ratner? And you're going to say, oh, no, that's not how it goes. You're writing a poor article. Shut the fuck up, okay? It's illegal. You can't use an inhaler in between rounds. I don't care if it's full of fucking Pez. It's a Pez dispenser. I don't care if it's full of cotton candy. You can't use it. You can't eat between rounds. You got to drink water, bud, Okay. Because if you can start eating and doing power gel, their fucking sponsorships are going to go through the roof. You can't use an inhaler in between rounds or everybody's going to do it. It was a dumb mistake. Dana kind of coughed out a little bit. I love Dana. Uh, you know, I think Dana, I agree with him on a lot of things. Obviously, not 100%. But he kind of threw Din Thomas on the bus because he probably has a better relationship with him. He's like, Din Thomas has been a corner man. He's been in the UFC forever. How does he let him do that? Blah, blah, blah. Nah, man, you know, 
Come on. Yeah, it is Dim's fault. Yes, it's the commission's fault. The guy who let him do it. But you got to know better. You got to know, right? So this became a no contest. Sassoli looked okay. Uh, looked better than I thought. Took a good punch by Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy slowed down immensely. Greg Hardy's got to have a problem when he don't get people out of there in the first round. He's going to have a real problem. Sassoli stood up in the whole time. Didn't mix up any takedowns. Uh, Greg Hardy's getting better, though, guys. I hate to admit it. He looked better in this fight than he did his last fight. He's putting kicks together. His defense is a little better. Cardio's still a problem because he's he's giant. He's a giant guy, and he you know and he needs an inhaler in the fucking uh, cage. So what do you got to do? All right, next up, Yair Rodriguez versus Jamie Stevens. Got this fight right. Bet at this fight. Got it right. Pick Yair. Um, rooting for Jamie, though, because I've said on the podcast several times, I do not like Yair the way he acted. I'm glad these guys hugged it out. They hugged it out, bitch. Uh, after the fight, really entertaining fight. Good first round from a year, kind of how I expect it. Jeremy keeps staying on the outside, man. He just keeps staying on the outside. He doesn't really want to close the distance. And then the second round, he got a little more aggressive, got a body kick, got dropped, showed his heart and his grit and fought back. And then, uh, yeah, you got a little gas trying to finish him. Jeremy took over that second round. Third round was all Jeremy Stevens, uh, just a little too late. So that kind of you know, the thought process of it favors Jair in a three-round fight, I think is right. I think Jeremy would have maybe done that for two more rounds. He possibly could have won a decision there. I thought it was a great fight. I'm glad they hugged. I'm glad they shook up and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, both guys are still elite guys at 145. Maybe not ranking-wise, but name recognition. Jair's obviously moving up, and Jeremy's obviously going to fall down a little bit. But, in rain, rain, uh, name recognition alone, Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens carries a lot of weight. That's back-to-back wins for Yair. Hopefully he fights Zabip or the winner of Zabip, Calvin Cater. I would love that fight. Um, Jeremy Stevens, you know, he's fought everybody. I mean, who, who, I mean who, who should he fight at 145, right? I mean, Brian Ortega's a guy he's been circling. I know he wanted that fight. If Ortega gets past Korean Zombie, sure. If Korean Zombie wins... Korean Zombie, if he wins, him and Jeremy Stevens might make a whole lot of sense. If Ortega wins, Jair and, and Ortega might make a lot of sense. A lot of moving parts at 145, but um, uh, I mean, obviously this helped Jair, but I don't know if it's a major step back from Stevens because I thought he really battled back after that body kicked and he won that third round. And you can make the argument that we were supposed to go five and I would have fucking taken in five. You know, that, there could be an argument made there for that, but um, I did have Jair. I betted him and I won. And uh, he was a small, small, Favorite when I got him at minus 110. So I'm happy about that. All right, main event. <sighs> Very upsetting main event. I I don't r- consider Chris Weidman one of my guys. You know, I got a list of my guys. Guys that I'll, I'll never turn against uh, unless you rape a, a woman and, and beat women or whatever. Then I'll probably turn against you. Not probably, I will. Weidman though, you know, I, I guess it's, I guess I'm a, like an, a closet really big Weidman fan. Because when I saw him get knocked out, I was bummed. So... Wyman all week. I when this fight get announced, I, I picked Wyman initially. That was my gut reaction. I went with my gut. He was a plus one twenty five underdog. That's what I got him at. Um, I thought he was gonna have a good chance to really take down Reyes and maybe get a submission. Reyes looked big. Wyman and Reyes, Reyes came in shape. He came in at two hundred four, which I mean, and he looked shredded. Like he looked ready to go five. Wyman looked like an eighty fiver that just didn't cut weight. He looked a little blown up for me. I didn't like the way he looked body type. Uh, he's still very slow, even at 205. Dom Reyes is a, a completely different athlete. Um, I knew the fight was over. They come out, right, and, and, and Wyman's stalking. Wyman's coming first, and uh, Dom's throwing some shots out there, some kicks or whatnot. Wyman's look good. Wyman shot a deep 
and a and a great double, quick double, and got deep on the hips, and he didn't get the takedown. Then he he went from the hips to the body lock, couldn't get Reyes all the way down. And then he when they broke off and they and they and they went back to the feet, I went, that's not good because that was a gorgeous takedown. Go watch the tape. He shot when Dom was on the fence, and he shot a quick double, quick. And Reyes stuffed it, stuffed the body lock, broke away, and then like 30 seconds later, pieced him up with that left straight hand, put him down, and knocked him out on the ground. So I was actually upset. Not Obviously, I, I, I wanted the money. I had a half unit on Weidman. So I would like to win the money, even though I was up on the night. Um, thank you to Charles Rosa and Yair Rodriguez. I, I guess I root for Weidman. I, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize how big a fan I was, but... Yeah, that was. I didn't like seeing him get knocked out. I don't. I necessarily don't know if this is the end of the road for him. I think Dana White can't said like, "Well, I'm gonna need to have a conversation with him." I think a conversation would be good. I think 205 is good for him. I just want to see him put on a little more size. I think the issue is he's still training like he was training ten years ago, or not ten years ago, like five years ago. I'm not saying switch camps, right? Because Longo Sarah are great coaches, but he's not doing what he used to be doing. Right, I mean, you look at Chris Wyman against, you know, Anderson Silva two is a really good example. Look at not even Anderson Silva one. Anderson Silva one, I, you know, a lot of people thought it was a lucky punch, whatever. He was losing that fight till the punch. Look at Anderson Silva two. He was he was aggressive and dominating Anderson, right? And then obviously Anderson broke his leg. It's it's whatever. Look at the you know Vitor Belfort fight where he took some big shots and took Vitor down and, and, and TKO'd him. Even the Luke Rockhold fight, I just. I think there's something missing right now, and uh, I think he's a little undersized, and I think he needs to maybe put on a little more muscle, a little more size. You know, he's walking around 211, going to 205. I'm glad that he's not cutting a tremendous amount of weight, um, but you know, I, I want you a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger for that weight class. Um, what's next for Reyes? I know we called out John Jones. John Jones is kind of teens teasing with everybody. I know Souza and Blahovich are fighting in a couple months. Um, and I know Blahovich wants a shot at the title. Dom Reyes is 11 and 0, 12 and 0 now. Obviously, he, he, I think is the most interesting guy for the title because he offers a, a, a challenge to John with the size for how big he is. But, you know, I don't know if anybody's fucking with John Jones. I just kind of want to see John Jones maybe fight Stipe at this point. I think that's what John Jones said. I'll fight the winner of DC Stipe. Well, DC's, that's his last fight, so you're not going to fight him. So just fight Stipe. There's my daughter again. All right, so that was UFC Boston. Uh, overall, good card, right? I mean, uh, I went, uh, I had some decent picks, got back on the winning track, thank God, and uh, I need to go cash those and turn those into more money uh, come this uh, Saturday. This Saturday, UFC Philippines, you got Ben Askren versus Damian Maya, which we'll talk about. I was just kind of kind of read the card since I'm not going to do a podcast. I'm going to kind of point out some of the fights to you. Not going to give you my picks right now because I don't think I've even made them yet, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, there's not a ton of people on this card. Jeff Hughes is coming back and fighting on this card. He fought uh, Todd Duffy not too long ago. There's a woman named Loma Lukabumi, which is an awesome name. I know that's her Thai name. Uh, that's like her gym name is Lukabumi, but it's still pretty awesome to see. Sergey Pavlovich versus Maurice Green, heavyweight fight. That's okay. Uh, Enrique Brazola versus Mo Mozart Evelov. I kind of want to see Mozart fight. 
Um, Rafael Vizza versus Alex White. I kind of like Alex White as an underdog there. Random Marcos is Ashley Yoder. I'm a big fan of Random Marcos. I know she's 9-7, but Muslim Sakamal versus uh, Lauren Stopoli. That's a fight I, I, I was going to do a pick on. I might still do a pick on that. That's a really good fight. Uh, then you got Cyril Gagne versus Dantel Mays. Dantel Mays finally gets a shot in the UFC after being like a tennis series forever. Uh, sparred with Dante Mays or was going to spar with Dante Mays. He says he's from Indiana, but I was going to go to Kentucky to spar him. Um, they reached out. They needed big bodies to go down there when he was an amateur. Um, and uh, I never got the chance. So rooting for Dante Mays there. But he's fighting Cyril Gagne, who is, I believe he's like... Uh, Francis Agnew's training partner, and he, he he had that uh, arm triangle, or yeah, arm triangle choke in the, his first fight. But Neil Darius versus Frank Camacho, you know it is what it is. Michael Johnson versus Stevie Ray, I like Michael Johnson in that fight. And then Damian Meyer versus Ben Askren. When Devin and I talked about this fight initially, I said that's a horrible matchup for Askren. I think Damian Meyer is going to win that fight, and Devin kind of agreed. He's like, yeah, I think you know. The more I think about it, I went through Damian Meyer's record, and he's got he's lost to grapplers before, right? He lost to Rory McDonald, and that fight took place on the ground. He lost to Jake Shields, and that, that fight took to the ground. Um, Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley, and Kamar Usman all just avoided the ground with him. Ben Askren's going to come in and take this fight to the ground. You know what I mean? I think I think Maya's going to want to stand up. I think Askren's going to come in. I think he's too strong on the ground. That's his bread and butter. I don't see him standing up at all, especially what happened to him last time. I like Ben Askren in this fight. I mean, I, I'm going to give you a little preview of my pick. I might change it because I've flip-flopped before, but if I'm looking at records, I don't know if, if I was asking if I would be that scared to go on the, the mat with Damien, right? Damien is very dangerous on the mat, and, and I think Damien has the advantage everywhere, but the only way Ben's going to win this fight is if he gets to the ground and gets him out and finishes him on the on the ground with those punches and he wears him out. Ben's an incredibly strong grappler, really good jiu-jitsu guy. I looked up tape years ago, Ben Askin rolling with Jake Shields. He got submitted a couple times by guillotine. Uh, Marcelo Garcia, when they rolled in New York, Marcelo, you know, weighs 140 pounds. Ben Askin probably is like 180, 190. Marcelo was choking him out with guillotines left and right. So that was many, many years ago. So I'm assuming Damian Maya is going to go with the guillotine when, when Ben doubles or Ben singles. Um, but, you know, this is a really interesting fight. This is a complete opposite fight of what, like, hardcore fans will get out of their bed for. But I'm really interested in the chess match that's going to happen because Damian, this might be the only fight he has a striking advantage, right? He kind of hit uh, Colby a little bit, right? He had a little bit of striking advantage on Colby. He, he cut Colby quite a bit. But Ben's not going to stand up with him, right? Ben's going to get this fight to the ground. That's where Damian wants it. I don't know if there's many people that have, like, besides Chael Sonnen, and then Chael Sonnen took Damian Meyer down and then got submitted right away. Besides that, I don't know anybody else that really wants to get Damian to the ground. So this could be a really interesting fight. Ben needs it. Hungry Dog runs faster. Uh, Yeah, I mean, and he's a small favorite, I believe. I think Damian Meyer's an underdog. I'm going to be interested to see... Who I mean, Damian or Kenny Florence is gonna pick Damian Meyer because he's a jiu-jitsu guy. But I'll be interested to see who who picks what and some of the guys I listen to and respect. We'll see what they pick. Um, I think that's the show, guys. My daughter's hollering out there past her bedtime. Goddamn Cowboys and Eagles ruin. I think that's it. I think that's it, boys. I think that's the show. Don't think I have anything else to talk about. Um, if anything else happens, I mean, I'm sure I'll tweet it out and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's it. You know. That's the show. I got nothing else to say. Oh, Israel Asanya, though, uh, I'm not going to read his 
Instagram or his Twitter, but he is throwing heavy. I'm talking heavy shots at John Jones right now. It is electric. John Jones said, oh, I already won that one. I'm not going to respond to him. No, bro, you're getting bodied by this dude right now. Go check his Instagram out. Go check his Twitter out. I'm sure you can type in Israel Asanya, John Jones. It'll pop up. Uh, yeah, Izzy, Izzy doesn't fuck around with, the, with that. I mean, they're obviously building a fight up like that uh, between those two. Not right now. Let Izzy clean out 185, and, the, and then we'll get to the fight. All right, so that's it. That's the show. I think this might be the only one this week. You will see my face Friday. I'll put out a video on Instagram, MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram, and uh, Twitter, MMA Takes on Twitter. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do uh, let's do this week. Let's do this week right, boys. All right, I'll talk to you. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He will roll you. Baby, don't you know? My heat will move your soul. Definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?